Hey everyone, welcome to the Starting the Conversation podcast. We hope to break down barriers by listening, questioning, and learning from each other through thoughtful conversation. I'm Brian Higgins, and today I'm joined by Sam Matthews. And in today's episode, we talk about church leadership and diversity, how a leadership group should function and how they should embody the complete spirit of the people that they lead. But first, here's King's Kaleidoscope. Today we are talking specifically about multicultural church leadership, kind of carrying on a conversation we had last time about just the multicultural church in general, uh, and now trying to dive into a few more specifics. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Got a parking ticket in the morning, so it's a good way to start the day. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But excited well, for this conversation, though. It's something that's uh, pretty dear to my heart. Awesome. Yeah. Well, one of the things we kind of felt was really important to to state from the beginning, uh, we touched on this a little bit last time, uh, but just talking about what the church is as a whole, you know, mm-hmm. talking about the church in general, um, because if you, if we're if we're kind of fuzzy on what the church is or what the church is to be doing, then leadership becomes even fuzzier, you know, because yeah. then you're leading this thing that you don't really know what it is and, you know, mm-hmm. you can't, you know, you can't lead something, you don't know where it's headed. So... Um, in talking about the church a little bit as a whole, let's start with that question. Just what is the church? And let's go from there. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, the church should be representation of Christ and, um, and it's a little bit, it looks a little bit more practical than uh, what we kind of see on TV or like, um, the whole religious like image of going to a church and all of that. But I think it's just a bunch of believers that, follow Christ, follow his teachings, and live that out in their everyday lives, and they're serving their communities and representing Christ. And uh, we're supposed to be a, fr- a reflection of God's glory here and proclaim God's glory here. And one day he's going to return, and we will be that glimpse of what he's bringing um, back when we redeems everything altogether. Yeah, that, there's that cultural concept of, you know, church is a place I go to. Exactly. And, you know, yeah. I, I go to church. Church is the building where... The pastor teaches his message. The worship mm-hmm. team sings their songs, and you look all nice and yeah, cute you know, and, get your get yeah. your Sunday best on. You know, <laughs> we have that phrase in in yeah. our vernacular. Um, you know, but the church, you know, quite literally, it's the called out ones. You exactly. know, and this is just very brief overview. Um, you know, the church is the people that are saved by Christ and are transformed. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, I love, kind of working through, uh, is there's three images that kind of get used. Uh, throughout scripture to kind of talk about the church. And I think it's important to look at those. You know, the church is referred to as the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, and the city on a hill. Mm -hmm. You know, so like when you think about the church as the bride of Christ, like the only thing that makes any woman a bride is the fact that they've entered into this certain type of relationship with someone who bestows a particular love upon them. They accept them as their bride. And so... You know, we as the church, first and foremost, we are the people who have responded to the loving call of Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're the ones who have, you know, that, that the Lord has, has put that love on. We've accepted that invitation. And so now 
Um, there's this new standing that we have with Christ. So churches, the church is first, those who have a new standing with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Secondly, we're the body of Christ. And when you think about that image of the body, which I, I love kind of thinking over and, you know, first Corinthians 12 kind of thinks over that image. And, and one of the ideas behind it is that the church is this very interconnected group of people, you know, the way that you would never, you know, if someone asked you how you're doing and any one part of your body hurt, like that affects the way that you are. Yeah. You wouldn't say like, Oh, I'm doing great. You know, my, my knees busted, but I'm doing great. Like mm-hmm. you consider your knee part of you. And so there's that, that connectedness. Like it's, it's a part of what you identify as being yourself. Yeah. And so we, as the body of Christ, we are one connected group of people that there's no room for division and separation, mm-hmm. which is what leads to a lot of yeah. uh, this, <laughs> this conversation about multiculturalism. Yeah, Cause that sounds a little different than what I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, we got like a hundred million different denominations and all think a different way, Absolutely. act a different way. Then you got all the crazy Christians on TV that you see mm-hmm. with the picket signs and stuff. And so, yeah, it's like, that should be the reality. We are the hands and feet of Christ and that we are one body acting and thinking as one body mm-hmm. or at least moving in one direction as one body. Yeah. But not all the times is that like realized. Yeah. And, and that's, and then I think it kind of leads to that third image of the city on a hill, which mm-hmm. is where I think you kind of started the conversation of, you know, you, you began with, we are the representations of Christ and we mm-hmm. are reaching out to the world around us. And mm-hmm. you know, that image that Jesus gave in the beginning of the sermon on the Mount in Matthew five, where you are a city on a hill, mm-hmm. you know, you are the light shining out to the dark world. You are, yeah. you know, the invitation, so to speak to everyone around you of, mm-hmm. Hey, there's, there's something going on here. Like we've got more yeah. than just darkness. We've got more than just sorrow exactly. and despair. There's something to be uh, kind of thought through and there's something to be found uh, when you come into uh, the body of the of the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ref- reflecting his glory, his greatness, because it's, it's really different when you look at other religions. And, you know, I've sat through this with, with my Muslim friends, my Hindu friends. I'm like, what is your what is your worldview as as a believer of your religion? And it always comes down to, like, you know, how they see God's view on people and how... Hmm people are viewed before God and before others. And it's when we say, like, when I've told Muslims, like, we represent we represent Christ here and we're supposed to show his love yeah. here. And then that sounds cute, but then you start talking about, like, how that is lived practically out with the different injustice, with with um, homosexual, friends being homosexual, mm-hmm. all those different things. And it's like that picture becomes, like, it becomes interesting, but at the same time shows a lot of grace and mercy if we read the scriptures properly and if we represent Christ properly and we be uncomfortable yeah. in those things. Yeah. yeah. The, Paul uses that phrase that we are the ambassadors of Christ, mm-hmm. the ones who you know, stand in on his behalf. So that is probably the, the quickest possible yeah. summary I think we could have managed <laughs> as two people who really love studying theology. Yeah. You know, we, this could have been you know, a whole series, but to try and just do that super quick six-minute wrap-up, you know, mm-hmm. that is what we're talking about when we mean uh, the church. So now to begin to shift the conversation towards uh, church leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something where I think we come at from from slightly different angles. Mm-hmm. I have been a part of full-time paid church staff. Um, for how long? For, uh, actually, I've, I've only been full-time where I'm at for about three, three to four years now, something like that. Okay. 
Um, before that, I was part-time for like two to three years, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's been like six years that I've been huh? um, where, <coughs> where my main income source yeah. has come from being a part of a church staff. Um, so from from those experiences, I've had a lot of time to kind of think about mm-hmm. church leadership uh, and what it is. Um, and then just talking with you a little bit beforehand, you were talking about how you've seen um, you know, I, church leadership I, yeah. from a bit of a different perspective. Yeah, I've kind of gotten both both sides of it. So I grew up in a predominantly, um, it's a predominantly multicultural church, but it's it ha- it followed that whole uh, like Levitical kind of style to to leadership. So mm-hmm. if you become a pastor, you leave everything, uh, you live in the church. You're there's a lot of emphasis on like having that call on your life and being set apart from the rest of the body. And uh, you don't have any money. You don't have any like food and clothes and and family. You've forsaken all to follow Christ, and now you're going to serve the church. And um, the church also, because it's an international church, so the leadership gets shifted every like five to seven years, and they move pastors around hmm. to kind of okay. Yeah, they don't want people to get too attached to a pastor, and then also they don't want the pastor to kind of you know you get seniority and then you start. You start getting a little relaxed and comfortable. So yeah, yeah. they shift the pastors around a lot. It's like getting tenure. Yeah, exactly. You're know, just kind of like chill and yeah. you made it. You're you good. already have your syllabus out and ready. Yeah, yeah. You know what each year is. <laughs> yeah. So I came from that style um, and then I went in the last three years, I've spent it at an Acts 29 church um, where it's a body of elders that are part of the church. Um, they serve the church body. And then there's part-time staff that take care of the church, and then there's like um, there's one on full-time staff, and that's the the leading elder, the, the teaching elder, and mm-hmm. he's the one who teaches majority of the Sundays. But okay. but the elders all together will teach randomly, hmm. and um, and the difference is like they're a part of the body, but they serve the body at the same time. Yeah, and there's a it they have jobs like and families. Yeah, and, and there's a much more communal exactly yeah uh, type of leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, I come from. Uh, a church family that that follows what we would call the Moses model of leadership, where mm-hmm. um, we have uh, a good portion of paid staff on our church. Um, a lot of our ministries uh, are run by uh, just lay people within the church, people that you know are working normal jobs and are are kind of out in the world and doing their thing. Um, and they they will lead various ministries within the church or serve in very large ways. Um, but a lot of the leadership and a lot of the infrastructure uh, is coming from that paid staff. And, yeah. and ultimately, there, there kind of is that one guy at the top who is definitely working with mm-hmm. um, his, his group of pastors and leaders and, and elders and all that type stuff. Um, but, you know, there, there are still a lot of moments where all the heads kind of turn to him and say, OK, yeah. so, so what's the decision? What's so the a decision? lot of different models of leadership. Um, I think it would be a good idea at this point to kind of talk through what are some of the common associations mm-hmm. with church leadership so we can start kind of breaking some of those things down a little bit. Um, so like I could tell just from my own personal experience, um, and this this is actually another story that I told um, on another podcast I'm working on, the Church mm-hmm. Awake podcast, shameless plug, <laughs> subscribe to it if it's out at this point. Um, or wait a little bit longer because I don't know <laughs> when this particular episode is coming out. Um, but anyway, um, I was talking about how I had been working on my church staff for three three years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Most of that was part-time where I was leading uh, the junior high youth group, uh, and I was pouring in there and, and serving there and, and leading that group and acting 
as that overseer under under some authority and under some leadership and things like that. Um, but I remember I was mostly seen by the friends of mine because I was pretty young at that point. In particular, I was 22 or something like that. I was 20 when I joined that staff and mm-hmm. became that youth group overseer. Um, but I remember just sort of a lot of my friends still kind of saw me as just one of the guys and just like yeah. a normal person, just, you know, mixing in and out and just one of the body. I, our church does, we do a Saturday night service and mm-hmm. then we do a couple Sunday services. And that's kind of always been, uh, as long as I can remember, that's been our normal weekend flow. And it's the mm-hmm. same service in both those spots. After the Saturday night service, I met with the pastor Um, I ended up meeting with a lot of the pastors, a lot of the elders, my family was there. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was my ordination where I was officially made a pastor. Yeah. The next day, because (laughs) especially like we're living in the Instagram world. So like people knew about it like 20 minutes after. They switched up. Um, (laughs) so it was just sort of like everything was known and like I posted something about it just like, oh my goodness, what is my life? Like, who am I that this happened to me? It was really cool. It was just this cool little time. Um, and so, like, I went out to dinner with my family. Um, I was I was engaged at that point, so mm-hmm. my my ne- my now wife and her family were there, and it was just like this cool moment of like all the family just got to like celebrate. Like, God has been so faithful. It was mm-hmm. really cool. The next day, when I showed up to church, there was a mixture of like that same celebrating coming from people. Yeah. And then there were like little jokes of yeah. like, oh, I guess now like you're different from us. Yep. And I was just sort of like, wait, why, why am I different now? <laughs> like I, I have a different job title. Like I have mm-hmm. a slightly different function. Um, but it was just like this literal yeah. overnight you sides. change of perspective. <laughs> yeah, I switched sides. I was now uh, one of them. <laughs> yeah, I was now on this different side of things. Um, and I remember like the next couple months after that just beginning this very lonely feeling a bit where Mm -hmm. it was like, because now I was being viewed so differently as, uh, from a lot of different people within the church that I had previously been really close with. And a lot of those relationships are fine now. Like I'm not trying to say like it was the end of a lot of different things, but it really kind of led me to look at the people that Mm -hmm. were quote on my side now. Mm -hmm. And I started looking at a lot of the other staff guys and I was just sort of like, you guys, you guys get what I feel. You guys mm-hmm. get what I think. And there was just a lot more natural commonality with them at that point yeah. that it made it easy to just start thinking, well, this is my crew now and yeah. these are my guys and forget whatever I had before. Mm-hmm. This is now my new thing. Um, is that something that you've sort of felt from the other side of things, looking mm-hmm. at various forms of church leadership like you've described? How are those leaders viewed at times? Yeah, I'm, I'm at my old church, that, that Levitical model of like your called and chosen priesthood and you're set apart. There's so much lingo there <laughs> that automatically makes you think. And it's true. Like you are set apart and like, you're different from everyone else. Now you, you dress a little bit nicer and you don't enjoy like the worldly things of life, right? Mm-hmm. You're just focused on ministry all the time. And that, in my opinion, causes a lot of issues because as like someone who grew up in that church and a lot of my friends grew up in that church, we always felt like, oh, we can't reach that. Like, they're really close to God. You got to be really holy and 
And if you become holy, like that kind of holy, like you actually start living for God like that, then you have to become a pastor. So <laughs> there was there was yeah, always a yeah. distinction, us and them, and like they're different and we're over here. And um, Holy people become leaders. Yeah, and exactly. It. And so like it, it also made you scared to be holy. Like it made you scared to like <laughs> pursue a relationship with God because you're like, oh, well, I have to have some sin. Because otherwise, I'm going to be a pastor eventually. Like he's going to call me to be a pastor. And, um, and so like it's that side of it where you don't think – the relationship with God that pastors have, which is really good and beautiful, um, it becomes unattainable. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes like, oh, well, I can never reach that. So you kind of give up. Yeah. And the other style of it is is how you serve the church. So it's like since my pastors were the ones that left everything and live in the church and take care of the church, we're always like, okay, well, you clean the, ch- you clean the church. Like <laughs> yeah. you serve the church. Like this, this is, is your thing. This is your you. job. Like yeah. this is your responsibility. You're in charge of it anyways. And so then you don't feel that need to serve as much. Um mm. And what I really like when I when I went to Acts 29 and saw that style of leadership, because I've never seen them my whole life, was that everyone is in it together. Like we're all striving for 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 that holiness. We're all striving to be like Christ. And at the end of the day, we all have our problems and we're regular people. And there's no mm-hmm. distinction between that. We all serve each other. And you know, yes, the guy who teaches is paid a little bit more, but he doesn't have a job. So you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, more this, it's more of like a practical thing. This is how thing. he's providing. Yeah, he's providing yeah. for his family. It's more of a practical thing versus like, no, he's getting a million dollar stipend or something. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? So like you can e- you can easily go to like that deep end, mm-hmm. but at like a regular local level, it, for me it was more it was more impactful to my Christian walk to see my pastor putting out the communion, to see my mm-hmm. pa- walk with me while I'm serving. You know what I mean? To see him serve his family at the same time and to know, like, oh, he has to take his kids home now because they have to go to sleep. Like, stuff like that is yeah, like, yeah. wow, like, this is attainable. Like, I'm I'm like this guy. You know what I mean? And so it makes the Christian walk a little bit more practical. Yeah. I think a lot of times people are very afraid of kind of the celebrity pastor culture. Mm-hmm. And so the feeling is... Well, let's keep our pastor poor so that way he can never like <laughs> keep him a, humble. Yeah, keep him humble, keep him down. And like, and, and I've had people like kind of jokingly say things like that to That's me up. And, and like kind of mean it sometimes. It's hard to tell. Yeah. But like, and, and I totally get like, I, mm-hmm. I, I drive an 05 Ultima that has a lot of personality, <laughs> yeah, we'll call it. Like, I'm, I'm all for like, I, I do think that there's something good about. Mm-hmm making sure that, you know, your pastor isn't rolling up in a second Lambo, you know, like there's something very important. (laughs) First one's okay. (laughs) First one's fine. If he was really smart with his money, second one, it's sort of like, hold on a minute. Like you better have written like some killer books. If you can, if you could do that. Like I I totally understand all that. Uh Um, But all jokes aside, (laughs) but all jokes aside, uh, one of the most impactful books I've read Mm -hmm. about pastoral leadership uh, it's called Dangerous Calling by Paul David Tripp. Another shameless plug mm. that I have nothing to gain from okay. other than knowing other people have read that <laughs> book. It's so, so good um, because calling. it really kind of dives into um, how church leadership can make the leaders feel very alone and how you as a leader can wind up in this position where you look around you and recognize everyone in your church they're just people you lead. They're not your friends. Exactly. You yeah. know, and there's no real connection or community. And it's particularly hard to, you know, I, I find that the people that I'm really close with, like that I have deep friendships with, mm-hmm. they don't see me as a pastor. Yeah. 
So, like, I'll go and hang out with them and I'll go and talk with them and stuff. And then they'll say things like, man, just no one, like, none of the leadership of the church reaches out to me. And it's like, I'm with you every day. Like, yeah, exactly. So, like, there's there's some moments like that. But I'm, I'm kind of like, I always get torn because mm-hmm. I'm happy that they see me as a friend. Yeah. And they don't necessarily, like, view mm-hmm. me. Oh, the pastor's come to visit us. Like, yeah. I, I kind of would rather have that just sort of friendship mm-hmm. uh, relationship with a lot of those people. But the book is all about... Like when you are separate from your church, when you aren't in those close, meaningful relationships that are going to bring you that accountability, that are going to give you that connection, that are going to give you that encouragement, when you cut yourself off from those, you essentially become something entirely different than what you're preaching everyone else should be. Mm-hmm. You know, And yeah. when you end up in that position, that's yeah. what leads to burnout mm-hmm. and moral failure and yeah, all yeah. these different things that once you're alone, like, I mean, mm-hmm. people in solitary go nuts, you yeah. know, and like being a pastor on a church staff can become its little mm-hmm. form of solitary if you're not careful and yeah. it can lead you down all different paths. So all this to kind of say, like, we, we want to clearly define what the church is. We want to also clearly define that mm-hmm. leaders are just people yeah, and they're not this separate it's not like the leaders in the your varsity. church should be viewed. Yeah, they're not the varsity Christians. <laughs> yeah. And you're just JV yeah. if you're serving. You know, it's important to remember that. Yeah, and that's and that was something also that I really liked is that, you know, in, in general, if if you look at a lot of these major religions, the the religious leaders, you hear all the scandals, you know, like they fall into mm-hmm. sin and they do all these crazy things. And it's because they're put aside as like these like celebrities. And so there's so much pressure, there's so many things for them to do, and there's not that much help. And they're in charge of a lot of things. And, you know, it's like that all that pressure and, you know, of being alone and feeling like you're the person in charge and that, that man, you take advantage of some things yeah. or, or you get so burnt out that you start falling into some things that you probably didn't have enough time to pray and, and to be alone and to seek yeah, your family and totally. counsel. And so that, that plurality of leaders and elders is really, really helpful because people can lean on each other. And it's like, oh, you know, Pastor, I see that you you kind of get into that point. You need a break. Why don't you take a little vacation? Mm-hmm. And then we'll take care of the re- we'll take care of the church for the week, like stuff like that, where you see people serving each other and allowing there's a, that checks and balances. It's not like everything is leaning on this one guy, mm-hmm. and he's a celebrity of our church. If he Absolutely. leaves, we're all screwed. Like it's not that. It's yeah. more like we all lead together, and we're all here to keep you in check, and you're here to keep us in check. Mm-hmm. And that really, for their sanity, like for their sanity, I I appreciate it because I've seen I've seen pastors burn out, and it's. It's dangerous because yeah. we forget about, like, their personal life with God, you know, their personal relationship with God. We're just like, oh, yeah, we well, have to preach on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> and, and as a pastor, you start to you start to view your preaching on Sunday mm-hmm. as the measure of your own private life. Yeah. You know, I've, I've definitely um, – I teach on Sundays and I teach on Wednesdays, mm-hmm. particularly with Wednesdays because that's our, our main youth group meeting time. Mm-hmm. It's a much more – kind of like formalized message. Like on Sunday, I'm a little bit more informal in the way that I'm teaching. Um, so it's a little more small group, like a little okay. more bouncing back and forth. Wednesdays, I feel like I'm showing up with a sermon mm. to preach. Like you know, for, study, like yeah, like I'm really like, this is going to be, I believe the Lord has spoken something. I'm going <laughs> to share this for the next 30 minutes. Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of what happens then. I have definitely gotten off the stage like probably a lot of times the worst 15 minutes of my week mm-hmm. are the 15 minutes after I'm done preaching when all the students go to small groups Yeah, because then I'm just kind of left by myself Yeah, and I just kind of stew over like how, how was it? Yeah. How did I do? Did I, 
did I say everything I felt I needed to say? Did mm-hmm. I resist the spirit in anything? And just mm-hmm. you start, I start asking all these different questions and all these doubts kind of rise up and different things like that. And you can very, very quickly begin using that. I think, I feel like every preacher kind of goes through that period at some mm-hmm. point and you can very quickly use that to be the metric of success yeah. for your entire life, not just wow. for your preaching ministry, mm-hmm. but like I'll, I'll look at some Wednesdays and there are times where just like, I'm human. I go up there. I know I yeah. bombed. Like I know I just, <laughs> I wasn't clear. I was yeah. like, or the all exact over. opposite. You might be like, y'all killed it. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes, and that could be even more dangerous. Yeah. Cause then I roll into Thursday. I'm like, what's up everybody? Uh, Guess who killed summer. it? Yeah. Like find that podcast. Like I, and I'll just like, yeah. I go in believing like, mm-hmm. and, and like, yeah, just you use that to be a, a defining <clears throat> metric of just who you are. And that's yeah. a very dangerous place. Um, for any pastor to be. And so finding those ways to remember, like my personal growth mm-hmm. is a main reason of why I'm here in this church. Yeah, I am here to provide leadership. I am here to help the body along, but I am also here because I am a flawed person mm-hmm. who is seeking to be perfected. Yeah. And I need to allow other people into yeah. that. Cause that's one of the other scary things from church leadership. Like how how are you going to view me if I come to you mm-hmm. on Sunday after I finish preaching? And I'm like, man, I was just so angry at my wife this week. Like I said, all these different things <laughs> going on. Like, are you going to yeah. sit? Like, I'm. You're like, well, I, I don't want to see the good one. <laughs> yeah, you're looking at the you know, the the person in the body's looking at saying like, yeah. well, you're the example. What are you doing? And I'm looking at it as the leader saying, if I share that with you, mm-hmm. are you now going to think less of me? Are you not yeah. going to respect me? As, like, am I out? And yeah. and that becomes a very scary, isolating concept. Yeah, because the, the Christian walk is calling you to be vulnerable. It's calling mm-hmm. in community. Everything is community. If you look at Acts, you look at the early church, every single thing is like, let's all come together and now worship God together. Let's exactly. all come together and serve together. We're having church in homes, like we're having, yeah, yeah. we're having racial barriers across. Like this is like a new, vulnerable, uncomfortable thing that comes in the early church. Mm-hmm. And so, if you take that to now, it's like that's so hard because everyone now is like status and like yeah. a church following, and you know maybe I one day I want to re- write a book or one mm-hmm. day I want to have a podcast. You know, like yeah. there's always like what do people view me as? And that's at the leadership level, and it's definitely at the local like body level because yeah. if you think about how involved we are with our image we got social media we got snapchat and instagram always trying to let people know that oh look at this banging salad i had yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. my lunch like, is better yeah than look yours. at we have like 20 different filters to fix up the bags under our eyes like yeah. we're always worried about looking the best and that part is really detrimental to your to your relationship with god and with believers because we have mm-hmm. to be vulnerable we have to be in it with each other in community i think that's what um, and like that, leading that into um, kind of our conversation we had last last week mm-hmm. about living practically, having a multicultural, multicultural life, and having that practicality of community. Mm-hmm. And if we see like the body, like the leadership, as this community thing, and as as like a vulnerable and an uncomfortable, and we're in relationship together, we're all striving together, we're all serving together. How do you think that kind of impacts our conversation from last time? Yeah, so so this is where we kind of come to what should multicultural church leadership mm-hmm. kind of look like. Um, so I, I I see a lot of similarities between you know as as a church leader you need to be asking yourself how am I being vulnerable and open mm-hmm. you know to all the people around me um, 
as a church leadership crew, you need to make sure how are we being open to all the different people that make up this church? Yeah. You know, how are we making sure that, you know, no voice feels left out, that mm-hmm. no voice feels separate or yeah. or pushed aside? You know, it's, it's a very important thing to, um, you know, to show to your body that, you know, look, just because this person is not the you know, majority demographic of this church. That does not mean their voice is invalid mm-hmm. in leadership. And, you know, right. and, and sometimes it takes, you know, specifically looking for that, mm-hmm. you know, not that you want to sit there and just take any guy and be like, you're ethnic, come preach. Like yeah. we need one of those. Serve, like, really. that, that just feels Stand excessive. <laughs> yeah. That feels excessively more racist <laughs> to just kind of say like, you can come serve yeah. here because, you know, you're not the race that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it does take kind of keeping that eye open just because I, I think that culturally, you know, you get used to, you get used to all sorts of different, you know, kind of, for lack of a better term, stereotypes mm-hmm. of what a leader is in your, in your context. What do you mean? Um, so like, I think that, you know, it, it's, I come from a mostly white church. Mm-hmm. I am a totally white guy. Um, no just every, everything about <laughs> me is, is super white. Uh-huh. Um, I'm the melting pot of like Ireland, England, and Germany. Yeah. Like, whoa, so diverse. <laughs> like, that's me. Um, and my family's been in America mm-hmm. for, for hundreds of years. Um, so it's easy for me to... I, I naturally, and, and not only so, not only is that my background, the communities I've lived in have mm-hmm. just happened to be very predominantly white, you know, yeah. that's just where we were. Um, so it's easy for me to just get used to the average church member looks like me mm-hmm. because that's what my community has typically been. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for me to think like, I'm not shocked when a new person comes and mm-hmm. say, and I think to myself like, oh, there's another white person here. Like, I, I don't <laughs> think that, but like... Yeah. When when a, a visiting black family comes and visits mm-hmm. the church, it's something where it's like our church is such where I can identify yeah. to one of the other church leaders like, oh, did you meet that visiting family? Like, oh, which visiting family? And I, I can legitimately mm-hmm. say the black family. Yeah. And they'll say, oh, yeah, definitely. And it's like because there's, there's yeah. not a lot of black people in our church for you know, a bunch of different reasons, but, you know, at some, also for whatever reason, you know, it's kind of hard to, to pin that down. So it's easy for me to fall into the natural bias that, you know, the leadership, they are the ones who kind of grew up the way I grew up. Yeah. Um, kind of have the background that I have. Um, and so none of this thinking is actively saying leaders are white. Yeah. Like none of that is actually going on in my heart or in my mind. But because I have kind of all these check marks of background, of education, of mm-hmm. kind of how they got to this point, mm-hmm. it's easy for that path to just kind of naturally exclude anyone who doesn't end up the same race that I am. Mm-hmm. And that, and so that's where I look at it and say, there are some natural stereotypes you kind of create along the way. Yeah. And you need to make sure you're actively looking outside of that. Not that you just take the visiting, you know, <laughs> Chinese family yeah. and say, hey, you're ethnic. You need to lead. Mm-hmm. But making sure I'm not saying, you know, they're not hitting the same check marks I hit. Therefore, they may not be leadership material because mm-hmm. that's not a healthy way of looking at things either. Yeah, I like the uh, there's been recent articles. And this happens every year. They say, like, what are the top 20 evangelical leaders 
uh, feel about Trump or the top 20 evangelical leaders feel about this or that. Mm -hmm. And every single one of these 20 leaders are some white guy. Yeah. (laughs) And like, so what does that one tell the church and two tell the outside world Mm -hmm. is that, oh yeah, white Christian leaders. That's, there ain't no black Christian leaders. There's no Indian Christian leaders. Yeah. Like Christianity is white religion and the leaders are white and the teachings are from white people. And mm-hmm. then the majority Christian body looks like a white 50 year old guy in America. Like yeah. <laughs> who drinks his beer and has watches football afterwards. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. the, it, we like, don't think we about the top leaders. Yeah. You know, like when's <laughs> who's the, dictating these things? Yeah, like who's number 17 and yeah. when's the last time you looked at them for yeah. like your leadership? Yeah. And so it's from as being an Indian guy in a church, like a brown guy in a church, that's something that. I know from a leadership standpoint, you might not be thinking about it because, again, it's the majority culture and, mm. you know, it's just like an every everyday Sunday or whatever. But from from our side, it's like we walk in and we automatically see, oh, you guys got a whole bunch of white cha- pastors. Mm. Oh, everyone on stage is white. Oh, the guy who greeted me is white. Oh, 85 or 90% of this church is white. Mm-hmm. And that automatically is like something that clicks in our head. And um, and so it does play a part in a lot of the things, and like that vulner- then it makes it hard in this country at least to be vulnerable and to be uncomfortable, because automatically we already came in uncomfortable, <laughs> mm. and then now I have to be vulnerable with the people group that like, for obvious reasons there's tension, right? And so mm. it depends on you know like I th- as we were talking about there being a kind of a level of community and um, living together and serving together and growing together in the Lord. If your community is not represented within the body of Christ, first of all, and then the leadership and who's serving and all of that, then you're doing a disservice to that community. So like, if you're really serving that community, the, the leadership and the people serving should be representing the people of that community. Otherwise, the people of that community won't be served properly. It's just like a hands down. Mm-hmm. Like then it's more of like a colonialism thing. Like we're coming into this community. We're yeah, going to fix yeah. all the problems here. And it, or if you, I even think of like community policing. Like the reason why community policing is supposed to be a good thing is because you have police officers that grew up in that area. They become police officers and then serve that same community that they grew up with. Mm. Versus like getting the cop from like two towns over, the different yeah, demographic, yeah. different understanding, and he comes to these people. And now he has to teach all these people these things and like make sure they abide the, by the laws. Mm-hmm. And so it's harder for people to be comfortable with those cops because they come from they don't even understand that city. Yeah. They don't understand their problems. And it's the same exact concept when you come to church. It's like, I come to church, I want to see my pastor, and I want to see myself in my pastor. I want to know that he knows my problems. He knows what's going on in this community. He he understands me as a human being, and I understand him. Mm-hmm. Now, if that part is like, if that's different, then it's going to be hard for me to grow. You know, it's going to be hard for him to speak into my life. Mm-hmm. And that sucks, but that's like a reality. And that doesn't mean I can't grow from having a white pastor. That does not mean that. Mm-hmm. Not at all. But if the whole leadership <laughs> is like that, then I'm going to think a certain way. I'm going to feel a little uncomfortable. And it's going to take me time to get comfortable and be like, okay, no, you know, these, these people actually really care about me and none of this matters. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to get there. And it's also hard for a leadership to, if they're a majority, and this is just in general, and I think we talked about this in the first episode, is that if you don't have um, a diverse group of people, then in your leadership or in your body or whatever, your friends circles, what we were talking about before, then you don't have different ideas coming in. And it's all like everyone thinks the same way, talks mm. the same way. Yeah. And you can fall into like pockets of like... like yeah, things you can some- become an echo chamber without ever intending to. 
Yeah, I've been to churches before, and I was like, they did something, and they were trying to embrace, like, the black people in the community, mm-hmm. and what they did was just so off, and I was like, there wasn't a black guy in that room. <laughs> there was, <laughs> that was a bunch of white people trying to figure out Yeah, how there was no black, black guy in that back meeting, like, mm-hmm. oh, guys, like, this probably shouldn't have happened <clears throat> that way. <laughs> okay, so now let me ask you this. Um, as, as a white church leader... Mm-hmm. I am very afraid mm-hmm. of going up to one of the black guys in our church and yeah. saying, hey, can I get your black perspective on this? <laughs> like, that feels like a terrible thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you begin? Like, uh, there is an element where I I would actively be thinking, mm-hmm. you know, these are people with different backgrounds and different experiences than me. Yeah. I want to kind of gain from their perspective. But I don't want to make them feel like mm-hmm. you're not a real opinion I want. You're the black opinion I need. Mm-hmm. Or you're not a real opinion I care about. You're the you know Hispanic person that yeah. can tell me how to preach to Hispanics. Like how do you avoid coming off mm-hmm. – um, You because know, like you're saying, you're in a church where um, you have experienced predominantly white leadership. Are there things that they have done – that have made it easy for easier for you to respect that leadership mm-hmm. and and have them prove to you that they're not interested in you because mm-hmm. you're the minority that they can learn from, but because mm-hmm. you're a person and they care about you that way. Mm-hmm. I think it goes both ways. So in general, like in one of the earlier podcast episodes, we talked about <clears throat> if you're in a predominantly white like community, right? Your leadership's going to look all white and everyone's going to look all white. But it depends on are you now talking about the body and, like, the church history as a whole? Or are you talking it from, like, a European standpoint? So are mm-hmm. all your theologians you've mentioned in, on your Sunday service, are they all, like, Spurgeon and, like, <laughs> MacArthur and Piper and mm-hmm. all these guys? Or are you throwing in some other guys? Are you yeah. are all your songs that you sang on service, Sunday service, are they all Hillsong? Or are you, like, paying homage to other groups? Like, mm-hmm. so there's – you'll n- – Regardless of who your body looks like and who the leadership looks like, in general, if you it should have a, like you should have a, a holistic view of the church history, of the Bible, and and start paying homage to like, the history mm-hmm. of the church. So aside from that, so if you're doing that already, so matter, all your illustrations can't be Soul Cycle and Trader Joe's. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Yeah, like it, it can't be. There can't be a picture of white Jesus on the wall. Like there's, okay. there, there are things that are like, okay, we get it. We understand where the vision is coming from, or where like okay. the the motivation is coming from, or whatever. And so, regardless of who your body looks like, you should have a holistic view of the church and be teaching that on Sunday, and that should be evident, right? So if a mm-hmm. random black guy comes into this random white town. He goes to church on Sunday, he feels comfortable, he feels the love of God and mm-hmm. all that good community stuff, right? Now, if he goes to a church where it's in a predominantly multicultural mixed place and this is like an inner city and, again, all-white church, all-white leadership, then off the bat he's going to— That stands f- out a lot more. Yeah, it stands yeah. out a lot more and he's gonna he's not going to feel comfortable. And so if you—and then if then you approach him like, hey, how did you feel about our service— he knows what that means. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, but I think also that um, your church should represent it in a way that he comes up to you and is like, this is like, he's the one telling you how he feels mm-hmm. and how he reviews it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be like you come up to him. Like, because again, that just, that, I think in any way we understand that the people like who asked us, I, cause I've been asked that so many times. 
But it's like we understand their heart in that. And it doesn't mean like we know they're not trying to be racist and trying to be weird. Yeah, yeah. We know they genuinely want to know. But it just comes off wrong. And because mm-hmm. and sometimes the people who say it are being wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think it's just safe not to ask those questions. <laughs> but like yeah. the review like from them will tell you definitely. Like you'll know from them if they felt comfortable, mm-hmm. if they attend again next Sunday. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and you'll see that. And I think so much of it is just building the genuine relationship. Exactly. Yeah. You know, just building that real compassion and mm-hmm. concern and you know, when there's real friendship, then you can talk about anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, but like yeah. if when you and I met, because because we're we're relatively new in in our relationship, yeah. we met through Paul mm-hmm. um, just a couple months ago. <laughs> just, yeah, exactly. So if and, and we were talking very early on about mm-hmm. we want this to be a podcast that can go down all different lanes. Yeah. If my first conversation with you mm-hmm. included, so. As an Indian, yeah. like, what do you think? Like, <laughs> first of all, that's just a terrible way to phrase it. But, like, if I went there immediately, yeah, yeah, then yeah. there's sort of this, like, tension. Yeah. There's this, you know, okay, so th- so those are the lines. It's just not a genuine which, conversation. Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> yeah it, 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 it delineates these are the lines by which you define people. Yeah. You know? And so or, I, like, this is what you're really interested in for. Like, exactly. You just want to know what my perspective on is from yeah. this angle. And, um, and, like, to your question, you said... Has there been placed points in my life in church leadership? Because I've been in both, predominantly Indian and predominantly white leadership mm-hmm. um, in church. And there's been points where um, I've looked at the, I've looked at it like, okay, wow, like I remember one Sunday my pa- <laughs> my white pastor actively just spoke out against um, like white supremacy, hmm. and it was just like we we're talking about acts, we're talking about like different religions, um, the different uh, races coming together. And then he spoke out again white white supremacy and I'm like and I looked at the other black guy I was like <laughs> <laughs> And then the Spanish guy looked at me and we're all like very confused. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, wow, like and so and it, no one told him to do that. Mm-hmm. Like it was way out of like his line of sight for most white pastors wouldn't even went from, okay, wow, the Church of Christ is like really breaking racial bar- barriers there and then mm-hmm. what does it look like now? A lot of people, I've heard that same sermon and no one's ever mentioned white supremacy. Mm. And so at that point, I was like, all right, you know what? He's checking for us. Like He's lo- he's yeah. making sure that... He's making sure to look beyond himself. Yeah, he's he's speaking one into culture and what's going on right now, and no matter what his race is. And that, w- that was big for me. Um, but then I've also sat on the other side of it, where like I've been to majority Indian uh, church and a majority white church, and they've said things that are so off. Or mm. they, haven't, they haven't recognized what's going on, like what happened yesterday. You know what I mean? Like there can be like mass shootings yesterday. Mm-hmm. A bunch of us come in all sad and like, like what is the value of life? What is the value of my life? And then they're going to preach on Sunday about like I had to do that one time. I had to play drums for a service right after the riots. And okay. I was so distraught, bro. Like I was so yeah. down and like I was very uneasy about the whole thing. And I had to play drums for uh, a service where the, all they talked about was love of God. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, <laughs> like it, it was like, love of what? Like, you're not mentioning anything. We haven't prayed for anything. You haven't even, like, looked our way on this topic. Yeah. And so, like, there, it goes both ways. And and that, I think that's something, like, if you're in a white leadership in a white predominant church, are you still mentioning the riots that are happening? Are you mm-hmm. still mentioning, like, the shootings? Or are you not because, oh, there's no that one black guy or that one black family? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's even, like, a very – one of the very easy – 
Because um, I, I know that there are a lot of pastors that are are worried about being too political, mm-hmm. and and some that's something that I think about. Of like, yeah. I want to I want to not be known as a pastor who preaches politics. Mm-hmm. I want to be known as a pastor who preaches Jesus. Yeah. Um, but one of the very easy ways to create some of that inclusion is just pray for it. Mm-hmm. You know, just in your prayers before and like yeah. almost, in almost every church service. You're going to pray like three times, you know, like you, there's three that like, you just know that are going to be there. Make sure you include that, you know, just Mm -hmm. drop that in there and really take a moment to reflect on it Mm -hmm. and and reflect on every angle of it, you know, because that's, I was talking with one person where I remember after, um, I was listening, I forget who it was or where it even was, but someone was praying after, um, one of the, you know, pick a name. There's so many at this point of of one of the shootings that had happened. And the prayer was something to the effect of, you know, Lord, we lift up this shooting and we just pray that you would guide and lead in that situation. And, and we pray for the police force, Lord, they do a difficult job. We just pray that you would protect them. Yeah. And like, it was just total move on. And it's sort of like, okay, you, you took a step and certainly pray for police. Absolutely. No one is saying don't do that. But also pray, you know, and, and, you know, we pray for, you know, this community, you know, we pray that you would just make the church a force of love and and of your Mm -hmm. power in that area. Like I, in particular, one of the things I'll do is I'll pray for the city, Mm -hmm. you know, after, uh, I think Freddie Gray, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that we prayed for at our church was we pray, you know, for his family. We pray that you would bless and guide them. And we pray for the city of Baltimore. You know, we pray that you would have your hand in that place and that you would use your church in Baltimore Mm -hmm. to be a force of racial unity. Yeah. You know, like things like that, they they show that you care. Yeah, because I hate that whole, it's like one of my biggest pet peeves, like you get that whole blanket prayer. Lord, there's a lot of bad things going on in the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, just we, we wait for the day that you come back. What? What bad things are you talking about? Like, yeah, I want you are to Are you talking about specific. the flu? Are you, yeah. talk- <laughs> are you talking about Ebola? Are you talking about, like, white racist cops? <laughs> like, mm. like, what are you talking, are you talking about? Are talking about Apple Pay not working yeah, on your like, phone? Yeah, like, what are you talking get about? Get specific, because you could mean any of those things. And they things. think they've done it just from that. They're like, well, yeah, well, we talked about your issues. Oh, like, oh, really? Thank you so much for mm-hmm. talking about our issues. Um, and so, yeah, I think just it, it just has to be genuine. Like, mm-hmm. and people know when you're not being genuine. If people know if you're just trying to be political to be political, you know yeah. what I mean. And like something we mentioned the other day is that it's easy for white people to say I don't want to be political because majority culture, right? Like politics yeah. doesn't really affect you that much. But it's not easy for us to not be political because we are politics. Like mm. the other day, I was driving and I one of the white guys in church asked me. Uh, he was like, I saw you. I saw you driving, but I didn't see you driving with your hat. So I didn't know. I was. I didn't know that was you. And he was like, Why don't you wear your hat when you drive? Because I always wear a hat. Like anyone mm-hmm. who knows me always knows I wear a hat. And I was like, Bro, I'm not gonna look like a stereotype driving. Like I don't want to get pulled over. Mm. And he was like, What? He was like, I don't wear hats because I, it doesn't like the back of the rim hits the seat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for him, it's just a comfort yeah. issue. Yeah, and for me, it was more like I'm not trying to get pulled over, so yeah. I always drive my hood down, my hat away, and I put mm. my jewelry like inside, tuck it in. I'm not trying to get pulled over, and for him, that's not a reality. And so yeah. for me, that so someone else me mentioning that they're like, why do you always talk about race and politics? I'm like, because I am race and politics. Like I don't yeah. have a choice. No one asked me today. Like. 
do you want to be political or racial today? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, like, there's that issue is, like, I know I know leaders don't want to be political from pulpit. And I'm not saying, oh, mm-hmm. we tell everyone, go vote for Trump or go vote for Hillary or whatever like that. Yeah. But uh, to, address, to address, like, bare, like, made in the image of God issues, mm-hmm. like, this is a another person that bare life God and like now he shot down. So we can talk about his family, we can pray for his family, and then we can also pray for the people that did that, pray for unity among mm-hmm. those groups and all that stuff. But, yeah, and, and I think kind of in wrapping up, mm-hmm. you know, that's where I go back to the body of Christ's image. Yeah. You know, if if we're looking at things and saying, Well, those are like even you were using the term a little bit, your issues. Mm-hmm. You know, if I am coming into a place where I am connected as the body of Christ with minorities in my church. Yeah. Then I don't get to look at it and say my issues versus their issues. I don't get to look at, you know, a shooting that rocks the black community Mm -hmm. and say, well, that's a black issue. That's not my issue. Yeah. Because all of all black believers are my brothers. Exactly. That's your body that just got you. That is my body (laughs) that is dealing with Mm -hmm. that thing that just happened. And so Mm -hmm. I need to be aware of that and I need to be thinking about that. And I I can't just push that off Mm -hmm. as someone issues. So that, that's a conversation that needs to happen. Yeah. And that's something that I can kind of just be thinking through of like, Hey, how can I make sure that I'm reaching beyond, Mm -hmm. you know, just my own, little tribe, you know, and, and yeah. taking the body of Christ and making it this small little group <clears throat> that is all like me and that I feel comfortable with. That's not what the body of Christ is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like the recap of the episode is be leadership that serves your, that serves your local community, that looks like your local community, that is striving for holiness and God's glory together mm-hmm. and being com- uncomfortable and vulnerable together. And what that looks like is that you're leadership and the people serving on a Sunday, they reflect your community and they're also intentionally thinking about and serving that community. And if you're doing that, then yeah, you're having a multicultural leadership and it'll be very evident <laughs> if you don't. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And the people coming into your church and staying in your church will be a testament to if it is really representing your community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot to think about, a lot mm-hmm. to process. And, and now the hard work begins of applying this within each individual church community. You know, you can't make blanket statements. We've said a lot about representing the community you're in. Mm -hmm. And this is where we're hoping, uh, we're hoping that you as listeners will begin starting these own, these conversations in your own community and and finding the people that are going to think along these lines and helping those who don't think along these lines begin to see these things so that we as the body of Christ can be the rest, best mm-hmm. representation possible of the heart of Jesus to a lost yeah. world. Thanks for listening to this episode of Starting the Conversation, a podcast from The Example Project. We would love to hear your feedback about today's episode. You can reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Just search Example Project without the first E, and you can find links to those accounts in the description of this podcast. We hope what you've heard today inspires you to listen, question, and learn from new perspectives so you can be the example God calls you to be.